Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. It is the 5th of July today, and we are back talking about your Minnesota Vikings. And today's show is going to continue our season preview series with the tight end room. It's a very interesting group. It's also very shallow, and we're going to talk all about it here on tonight's The Real Forno Show. The Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Fornis. The managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run In Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Small. You are looking live at the two best-looking people in Vikings media. I am Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, top right corner, Mr. Dave Stefano, the producer himself. Dave, did you have a good 4th of July? Yeah, I was busy. Put out a video about storylines going into camp. Put out a couple of podcasts. It was a good day yesterday. Plus, I... I switched up. Instead of drinking whiskey yesterday, I drank some beer, burned some burgers and hot dogs, and we had a good time. It was good. Yourself? Yeah. Dave, I smoked my first ever brisket. Okay. How did it turn out? Good. Um, I will say I was a little disappointed. Um, Brisket's incredibly difficult. Um, So I followed the proper procedures and I did X, Y, and Z, but it wasn't dry, but it wasn't juicy either. It was kind of like in between uh-huh. um, smoke ring. You can go check out my Twitter profile. I, I have, I have pictures posted. The smoke ring was phenomenal, but 
it just wasn't quite super juicy. And I was a little disappointed by that. Okay. But at the end of the day, for the first time, all I did was kosher salt and cracked black pepper. Um, I, I decided to do it that way because I thought, okay, th- this could be really good. And the burnt ends were phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it, it was a fun day. Odie is not scared of fireworks, which was wonderful to find out. But you know, we were a little concerned that he would be really scared just because, well, he's a puppy and dogs have the super sensitive hearing. No, he was he was fine. He was just hanging out, enjoying all the noises. Heck, the if you're from Minnesota, you know that the tornado sirens go off every first Wednesday of the month at one o'clock. Well, they went off today where we were on our walk, and he was just <laughs> vibing like a dog. And we started walking, and he was good. It was truly impressive. Um, he was just enjoying life and it was, yeah, it was fun. Um, we had a really good time relaxed. Yeah. We went to the little carnival gimmick in town because Delano has a really big 4th of July celebration. Yeah. Outside of that. Ah, it was, it was good. Um, it was nice to kind of take Monday off because we, we did. Uh, we've been doing nonstop, um, nonstop content, and I needed to take a minute and just. <sighs> and we are yes, back, and we. But that are didn't mean ready. Vikings first and skull stopped. We nope, had uh, you, podcast going out each day. Yeah, it was. Um, I need to learn how to take a break. I don't know how to do that, uh-huh. and I'm starting to try and figure it out. And. Like it, hell, even as we're doing the show, I just made a pick in one of my college fantasy football drafts. Like <laughs> I, I don't know how to stop. Um, it's this is this is one of the best and probably the worst trade about me is I just I don't know how to just take the foot off the gas. Throttle at so, certain yeah, absolutely. Hey, we want to say hi to everybody in the chat. Doctor Proto, Patrick Harms is with us. Mr. Bob Swede, Miss Mary, of course, the lovely and beautiful Miss Mary. We have Skull Mafia, Dr. Proto, I think I already said that, Marlon K. Good to have all you guys here. Rhonda's here, of course, it's probably our favorite group. Tight ends we're talking about tonight. The ladies always seem to love the tight end group for some reason. It's because they're they're talented and they're they're really strong. It, it's like a like if you were to put Paul Bunyan on a football field, he would probably play tight end. Okay. Like it's tight end is let's, let's jump into this. Tight end is the most difficult position in football outside of quarterback, in my opinion. And here's why: you're expected to block like an you're expected to block like an offensive tackle and catch the football like a wide receiver. You're expected to play both jobs. That's incredibly hard to do. Especially when you're weighing 250 pounds, which is about 50 pounds heavier than a standard wide receiver, and 50 to 80 pounds lighter than a standard offensive tackle. How are you supposed to be do both things at a high level? That's why tight ends. There's a saying in the draft community. The saying is you're drafting a tight end for their next team Mm -hmm. because it takes three to four years to figure it out. By the time you figured it out, 
A lot of times they're moving on. You have rare exceptions. George Kittle's one. Travis Kelsey almost like I think he talked about it. He almost got like released by the Chiefs because I, I think it was marijuana. Um, it, he spoke about it on his podcast. I don't remember the super specifics, but he almost screwed his own life up, and he had to trying to get on the straight and narrow. And now he's arguably like a top five tight end to ever play football. It's a hard position. You have great talents. Like Kyle Pitts is just unfairly viewed. He was the fourth overall pick in 2021. But the guy in his rookie season had a thousand yards receiving. No Titans ever come close to that. But I will say like guys like OJ Howard, who the Bucks drafted, I believe 2018, he has had a rough go couple knee injuries. He's now with the Texans. Sometimes those guys just don't develop because it's a very difficult ask as far as a position. You're expected to do two things at a high level that really counteract each other. And when we talked about Andre Carter, the Vikings edge rusher that they um, signed as a UDFA, Carter was asked to do two different things in regards to training. And Dave can speak a lot on this, and he has on this show. When you're doing military training, it's endurance-based. It is not strength-based. Yes, you're going to get stronger naturally by doing a lot of this training, but it's about endurance. It's about cardio. It's about being able to last a long period of time doing a lot of different things. In football, it's about twitch. It's about explosiveness. It's about strength. It And those two types of workouts counteract each other. And the idea behind what a tight end is, is honestly kind of an oxymoron. Like both things don't mesh well in terms of what you're asked to do. Receivers are asked to block all the time. They're not asked to block edge rushers. They're not asked to pull and block <laughs> linemen. Like they're not asked completely- to go in a three point stance and block. Yeah. This isn't 1960 where those guys were actually asked to do that. But a, a big defensive tackle weighed like 270, not 350. So you're looking at a completely different thing. It's a very hard position. When you have a really good one, it can be a cheat code for you. And we're going to talk about this Vikings group here. This Vikings group could end up being, and it's a little hyperbolic to say right now, they could end up being the best group in the National Football League. It's a very unique group because... Uh, we're, we'll talk about TJ Hawkinson plenty, but we're going to start with Josh Oliver. Vikings signed him, and I remember as I readjust myself in my chair because I can't get comfortable. Josh Oliver, three years, $21 million. And I remember sitting there, and I think I texted you, Dave. I'm like, what in the world are they doing? Why are they signing a tight end? They don't need a tight end. Well, they're going to transition to more 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends. You can utilize CJ Hamp for some of that. Uh, and you can line him up as a tight end, but you're not going to get that vertical element from him. Everybody likes to use the clip of the Ravens game where he caught that wheel route for like 40 yards. Awesome. CJ Ham's a beloved figure in this town. That's not his game. And Oliver's a really interesting case. So let's start back when well, he's a draft prospect. Blocking for a fullback and blocking for a tight end are two different things. Blocking for a tight end is a lineman style of blocking. You are going up, you are trying to stand somebody up and win the block, move him in a certain direction. Blocking for a fullback is from the run, and you're hitting a guy and trying to do the same thing, but it's from two different positions. One, 
three-point stance generally, and you're firing out and up. You're, you're a lineman. The second one, you're a running back, and you're running, and it's, it's a totally different, it's a different mentality almost, but it's a different style of what you're doing. So could CJM mm-hmm. block a defensive end? Not off the line of scrimmage. I don't think he could. He hasn't trained that way. That's what it is. Tight ends spend a good chunk of their time with the linemen, and they spend a good chunk of their time with the wide receivers, right? And they've got to know both. They've got to know all the blocking schemes, all the calls, right? And if something's Mm -hmm. optioned out at the line of scrimmage, and that changes instead of going inside on the linebacker, he's now going outside or looking outside or coming down on the tackle. He's got to know all that. And if it switches to a, a, a pass, what's his responsibility there? Is it a chip and then go out, or is it a straight go out? And then he's reading options as to what the coverage is and where he's supposed to go. That's why it takes smart people, and it takes them a while to get it in the NFL. There was a good questions. I think it was by, who was it from? Dr. Proto. How long did we groom Conklin before he was considered good? Well, where is Conklin now? He's with the Jets. Took, he blossomed in his fourth year, and he was only blossomed because of the injury to Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. Conklin was much more of a standard tight end, which is exactly what the Vikings wanted. And the selection of Irv Smith Jr. was a little weird because he was a move tight end. He was a guy that you wanted to get in mismatches in the slot. He wasn't a guy that you expected to down block do some of those things that you talked about, Dave, he was supposed to be a vertical mismatch. It didn't work out for a multitude of reasons. And we wish her the best, but injuries played a major factor in that. Mm-hmm. He, but the idea of Earth Smith jr. In what offense he was being drafted for was very odd. And it's been odd for me the entire time. It's just, it's a very weird deal. So when you kind of look at everything encompassing, I want to understand kind of what you are and how you're developing. And that's why this process of Josh Oliver is so interesting. Okay. Dr. Dr. Proto asked about Conklin. Well, Conklin was a much more standard tight end. He was a, in like, he was a guy that you're going to line up in line a lot. He wasn't a move guy. He wasn't an H back. He was a guy you're going to line him up next to a tackle and he's going to do his thing. There's value in that. And he, you played really well. And he earned himself a good contract from the New York Jets. Now, when you look at what Josh Oliver is, Josh Oliver came into the NFL as a pass receiving tight end only. He was not viewed as a blocker at all. This is really important. He was drafted at third round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. After two years and some injuries, they traded him for a conditional seventh round pick to the Baltimore Ravens. You know what the Ravens did? They turned him into a blocking tight end and he became really good at it. So now you have a guy whose natural skill set is attacking the seams and vertically down the field, who is now a really good blocker that can move people off the line of scrimmage. Now you're looking at a guy at 25 years old who can do everything that you wanted. Sorry, I believe he's 26, but he's young. He's in his prime. And because of all that, you're looking at a guy who can really take the next step. And this could be a player who ends up like a top 15, top 20 tight end when it's all sent and done at the end of the year. And he's behind a guy who's arguably a top five tight end. 
because it takes a while for these guys to figure it out and develop. It's not their fault. It's a difficult position. And you're asking these guys to do the jobs of two people whose, honestly, their workouts and similar to the way that the militaries are contradict each other. Mm-hmm. You're not doing the same type of explosion drills as offensive linemen. You're not asking like uh, wide receivers to hit the squat rack and squat seven, 800 pounds because they need to be able to anchor. No. Yeah. Yeah. They need to do squats to be able to have some of that explosion. You need that leg muscle to do that, but it's, it's different. You're asking them to do different things. You okay, Odie? He's a good boy. Yeah. Um, he just, he's been playing with his bone and he just sneezed. He's a good boy. Um, <laughs> yes, he is 26, all, by the way. Yeah. When you look at all those things, that kind of contradiction really hurts. But Oliver has the now skill set to do both. And he caught 26 passes last year, uh, 230 yards through two touchdowns. Okay. Decent numbers in an anemic passing offense that was even worse without Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley was fine. It's not Lamar Jackson. You put him in this offense. He's going to be the fourth option. Maybe the fifth, if you run like um, O2 personnel. So you have just a complete empty backfield. And it's just wild. And like, you're not asking this guy to be a stud, but he very well could be. I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. I got Odie <laughs> playing with toys. Well, and I'm and, curious to see with Irv gone. Now is Irv going to step up because he's on a second contract someplace else? That's generally if a tight end works out, that's when they do it. Now we have mm-hmm. two of them, obviously Oliver and we have TJ Hawkinson. Tell us about Hawk. I'm not there yet, Dave. We're still okay. talking about Josh Oliver. Um, so, well, I'm very intrigued to see how this works out because because he's going to be that uh, third, fourth, or fifth option depending on how the personnel lines up. You're looking at a guy who's not going to be getting great coverage opposite of him. And if he is, guess who's going to be able to benefit from that? Justin Jefferson. So he's going to be able to attack some of these linebackers that aren't very good. And because he's attacking those linebackers, all of a sudden, now you have mismatches. And this is what I talked about with Irv Smith Jr. when you move him around. You give him get him against a Sam linebacker when you can just beat him up the seam and then just moss him because he's six foot four. That's when Josh Oliver is going to really maximize that value. And let's transition now into TJ Hawkinson because this is going to release some pressure from Hawk as well, especially in those 12 personnel sets. When we talk about the Kyle Shanahan offense, we're talking about what he runs in San Francisco. They have the horses to run it and run it effectively and really cause issues for the defense. Now, are they going to be able to retain Brandon Ayuk to keep that? We'll find out. The answer is probably no, at least on a long-term basis. Maybe they do a franchise tag. We'll see. But because they have the horses, they're able to do a lot of different things. George Kittle, top five tight end in football, arguably top two. Debo Samuel, most versatile player in football. Top 10, 15 wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk, top 20, 25 wide receiver. They have really good talent. Plus, they have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. But the backfield hasn't mattered that much because they can really just put a guy in there and really have success. McCaffrey is a different level. He's the best back in football, and he has that skill set to be able to let you do a lot more 
because he has a, an ability to line up in the slot, similar to how Debo Samuel can line up in the backfield as a receiver. He can line out all wide as a as a running back, and he can attack you and create mismatches. He, he, he beats like cornerbacks in coverage. That's really impressive. And because he's beating cornerbacks, that gives you a lot of options. It gives you a lot of versatility to continue to um, confuse the defense. So the one brilliant part about Kyle Shanahan is something George Kittle talked about on a podcast uh, a few weeks ago. He'll call like the same running play like four times, knowing that it's not going to do very much. Why is he doing that? Because he knows he's going to be able to take advantage of you on play action, even though he only gains like two yards of carry on those runs, because he's going to be able to destroy you. That Debo Samuel touchdown on the wildcard game went for like almost 80 yards was the result of one of those plays. That's those are the kinds of things you can do. Now the Vikings have similar horses and they have uh, Justin Jefferson. They have TJ Hawkinson, Josh Oliver. They have Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne. You're looking at some really good players. TJ Hawkinson, top five tight end, Justin Jefferson, top three wide receiver, arguably the best wide receiver. It all depends on how you're viewing Devonte Adams, Tyree kill and the longevity argument, because they have that for longer than Jefferson. They also are slightly different. Some people put a hill at one because he's got something that literally nobody else has except his teammate, Jalen Waddle. And that's sprinter speed with the ability to do wide receiver things, which is a very difficult thing for uh, really fast players because you have to be able to learn nuance. You have to be able to learn technique, be able to plant your foot in the ground and change directions. Sprinters don't change directions. They bend around a corner or they go straight. That's it. So it can be a really difficult thing for a really fast player to learn wide receiver like that. Justin Jefferson is fast. He is not sprinter fast. And that's why it's easier. It was easier for him in theory to learn how to change direction and be able to take advantage of a lot of those in and out breaking routes where he can just destroy defenders. Because the Vikings have the horses, it makes this offense fascinating and moving to 12 personnel is a lot more sense. But you can do 12 personnel and you can have all four tight end wide receiver players stand up. You can have them spread out. You can do a lot of different variations. You can have Hawkinson and Oliver on the outside and move Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne in the slot to give them more advantageous matchups. You can have fun with that and you can do different things. Hawkinson is a fascinating player. I think he's going to get an extension. I've written about it. I think the extension is going to be four years, $56 million. Pretty much the exact same contract that Mark Andrews got. But what I think they're going to end up doing is they're going to keep the salary this year. They're going to give him a signing bonus and they're going to try and take some of that hit this year because they have 18 million in cap space and they're going to make it easier moving forward. And I think that's important. Davey, I'm sorry about that, man. I get it. Uh, Odie, French Bulldog, they puke. It's not fun. And it's especially weird when he tries to eat it right away. But I, that's a dog thing. Um, yeah. So we're used to that. I'm sorry you had to deal with it. Um, so Hawkinson is coming in to his first full offseason with the Vikings, which is important. Mm-hmm. You can learn. a And something that they always talk about, David, the West Coast offense, and I'm pretty sure you've heard this before. It takes five years for a quarterback to master it. Three years to really take a leap and be, feel comfortable enough to fully run it. Because there's a lot of checks. There's a lot of variations on certain plays. There's a lot of reads you have to make pre-snap. There's a lot that comes with it. And the more comfortable you are with it, the better you are to execute. 
when you take all those things in consideration, what Hawkinson was able to do last year was insane. 60 catches, 519 yards, three touchdowns. He got off the bus and played well for this team. And now he's going to have a full year to acclimate with the coaching staff, with the other weapons, with Kirk Cousins. Those things matter. Time matters. Having that is invaluable. Now you're getting a guy who proved himself to be a top five tight end in football in a short sample. Now you have a full season. This could be a thousand yard receiver. Touchdowns, I always caution people, and I'm going to tell you guys this. Ignore touchdown stats. And here's why. You want your team to score, but touchdown stats are inherently random. Calvin Johnson, his 1,900-yard season, had like four or five touchdowns. He got tackled inside the five like 10 times. It, they're just random. You get the ball in the right position, and then you have your bruising running back get the touchdown. That's why Jamal Williams last year for the Lions had 17 touchdowns. They're random. If your team's getting them, that's what matters. Now, fantasy football is going to be a whole different thing, but we're not talking fantasy football. We're talking reality. And fantasy football is real, but it's different. You're right, not talking. It's not, it's not real football where the Vikings are trying to win. And it doesn't matter who's the one catching that touchdown reception or running it in. Say it's Alexander Madison running it in from the two. It's still worth six points. We want the six points mm-hmm. no matter how they get it. Now, if uh, Hawkinson is key to keeping the drive alive, along with, of course, Justin Jefferson, sort of like last year, then you rely on that. But just because he may get 1,000 yards, like you said, but it may turn out 1,000 yards and six touchdowns, and people are like, why didn't he get more touchdowns? Well, maybe because he wasn't the red zone primary, you know, that got it because Madison sat there and sniffed the goal line from the three and got in. Mm-hmm. It, it could work that way. It doesn't have to be all that, you know, well, we think this or think that. The biggest arguments about Justin Jefferson not being top five, he didn't have enough touchdowns. Well, people, <laughs> Justin Jefferson's best wide receiver in the league, right? Why didn't he have enough touchdowns? Mm-hmm. Because he got him downfield and then the ball went to somebody else who was sniffing the end zone, whether it was TJ Hawkinson or CJ Ham. Or Dalvin Cook last season, or whoever it was, right? Just as long as we score, that's what the game's about. Score more points than the other guy. I don't care how you do it. Now, they're good enough that they're going to rack up stats, but touchdowns isn't one of those that you want to say, hey, his production is so good because he got so many touchdowns. Well, how did he do in between then? Yeah, and that's honestly what means the most is how how you're doing in the opportunities that you have, how are you like yards per route run? I think is really important because it kind of shows, Hey, this is how you're maximizing, but it's also not a hundred percent fair, especially with receivers outside of like guys like Justin Jefferson. Cause mm-hmm. Osborne, like we talked about this with Adam Thielen last year. He took a step back. He was getting open a lot because he was getting open a lot. It was very frustrating. Like, well, why isn't he getting more touches? Well, if you're the third option and Oh, the top options wide open, well, you're not going to get to the third option and there's nothing wrong with that. It's one of those things. It just kind of is what it is. And I kind of look at that 
from a different perspective. You want to be able to maximize your opportunities. You want to create separation. And there are some metrics that you just... You have to be careful on how you use them. Um, there's one metric. And if anybody has an answer for me, please shoot me a DM. Because Dr. Proto, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I, I don't understand why they're collecting the information of um, separation from zone coverage. Because zone coverage itself has a lot of rules that can completely contradict them actually guarding a player. And then all of a sudden they're getting penalized for it. I don't, I don't think it makes sense. If you understand that and have the answer, shoot me a DM because I genuinely want to know. And I don't get it. Like this isn't me. The whole idea uh, about zone coverage is the guy, the defender sitting in the zone and the way to beat the zone coverage is to split the zone. Yeah. It's it's an analytics thing, and I, I don't get it, and I don't understand everything about analytics, and this isn't me being anti-analytics. I just don't understand, and if you understand, please tell me. With that said, I think Hawkinson can have a really good season. I think he's the second-best option passing on this team until we get the emergence of Jordan Addison, whether this year, next year, or the year after. And even so, Hawkinson may still be the second-best option on this team because he's that good. So when you look at everything involved, everything all-encompassing, like this, these top two tight ends have a lot of potential and they could be the best duo in the national football league. Like Oliver could end up as a top 15, top 20 tight end. And that's not far fetched. That's not being a Homer. That's understanding what his skill set is, how it's grown and developed and what he's going to be doing on a long-term basis and how he's going to use those two elements to be able to win down the field. And at the point of attack, that's not something that's easy. It's not something that, that gets taught quickly, but it is something that's important and he can do both things. And I'm really excited for this duo. I am too. And uh, as I talked about a little bit this morning, Matthew Collar calls a top five tight end uh, cap cheat hack. When it comes to salary cap, right, we're talking about an extension, how much you want to pay him. And you gave a number, right? And it works out to how many Average per year, you're talking about 17 tops million. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ish. For Hawk, I, I think it'll be 14. Okay. And, unless he signs after the season and he balls out again, then I think that number goes up. But the only player that's gotten above 15 million a year is Darren Waller. That was a three year, $51 million contract. And the Raiders traded him with all three years remaining and had like $300,000 in dead cap. So it's. 
Now, I don't know how that's going to be viewed. Like the DeAndre Hopkins contract, two years, $54 million extension. That didn't exactly reset the market. So that, how NFL teams view it is going to be fascinating to me. It's a little different, but it's in the same line. Well, the NFL is still paying these guys as tight ends because most of them are blocking tight ends, whatever, and they get their worth. What the top mm-hmm. five guys-ish are saying is, hey, we're as good as that wide receiver. We're getting 600 to 1,000 yards uh, a season. We should be paid like the wide receiver. Well, the deal is they're not being paid like the wide receiver. They're being paid at half that rate. No, they're being paid like the number two wide receiver, which is essentially what they are. That's the level that they're producing at. Outside of a Travis Kelsey, they're producing at a level of like a number two type wide receiver, a DJ Moore. DJ Moore is making $19 million a year. One, I think that's too much for DJ Moore. I don't think he's quite that good, but that's a whole nother discussion. I do think that them being paid their top of the market being like um, a mid tier, like around the 20th wide receiver or something like that. I don't think is unfair. I get it. I think it really, it slots in just about right because unless you're Travis Kelsey, you're not producing like a number one artist. You're just not. And all those things need to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. Now, while you adjust yourself, everybody's asking what I'm drinking. Tonight, I'm drinking Redemption Rye. Oh, good stuff. Very good stuff. Made brewed in Indiana or distilled in Indiana. 92 proof. Um, It's okay. Yeah. All right. So we have two two more guys to talk about, and we'll make these a little quicker. Then we're going to get out of here because um, the wife and I are potentially adopting a dog to pair with Odie, and we're going to have, um, we're going to be taking care of that stuff here tonight so i need to do a little bit of prep um sorry about johnny Munt. he came over from the los angeles rams with kevin o'connell and he played well initially like he had a couple of good games to start the year but then his snapshot really started to deteriorate and when they wanted to use two tight ends it was Irv smith jr and like ben ellison and it wasn't johnny Munt. now they did end up um, keeping him for this year. If they cut him, it's like a hundred thousand dollars in dead cap, but he really doesn't have any upside. And to me, that is something that you want at the position. Um, you want to have a player as your third or fourth tight end that either has a lot of upside or is a tremendous blocker. Well, Munt really isn't either. He's kind of like a poor man's uh, Irv Smith Jr. Like he's more of a move guy. He's more of an H back, uh, but he's not great. He's just kind of there. He's kind of fine. And I, I just, I think if there's somebody who's not going to make the roster out of these four, it's going to be him uh, and not Nick Muse. Who we'll talk about here in a little bit. I just don't think there's any, anything really to gain by having him on the roster. And to me, that's that's a big red flag. I agree. It's, yeah. And we'll find out. Um, yeah, he's just sort of average. Now, uh, is is it good as a backup? Yeah. But uh, are, is it worth it when you're trying to develop a couple other young kids? I, I'm not so nah, sure. Not really. So let's so, go to Nick Muse. Yeah, Muse is interesting. Um 
the reason why we're talking about Muse, um, Muse is interesting. So he's an athletic guy, um, had like a relative athletic score in the 83rd percentile. He did not play a single offensive snap last year, despite appearing in three games, played exclusively on special teams. Nothing wrong with that from a seventh round pick. He doesn't have to play right away. And the idea wasn't for him to play right away. It was to nurture him slowly, add him on the practice squad. So he's making the league minimum. But he's got some talent. He's got some ability. Now, can they harness that and can they make it work with him on a long-term basis? I think it's worth a shot here in round, or sorry, as the third tight end, because you can utilize him. He's a guy that you can move around. You can put as an H back. You can split him out wide. You can put him in line. And because he can do all of those things, I think that's a versatile piece that will really help the Vikings tight end room. And you have two guys ahead of him who are really good blockers, who are also really good pass catchers. Muse can learn to develop from both of those guys. I like the idea of having him in the room over Johnny Munt if you only keep three. I think they're going to keep all four. That's just that's my kind of outlook on things. But we'll see. I I think trying to bring along Muse as a potential guy to be in the rotation is a smarter play than keeping uh, Johnny Munt because I just don't think Munt has anything really to offer you other than, hey, I'm a veteran who's not going to screw up too bad. He's not going to give you any upside. I think Muse has that upside, and I think it's worth keeping. You forgot one. What? Undrafted free agent Ben Sims from Baylor. Oh, I did forget about Ben Sims. Well, that shows how much I'm paying attention. Um, Yeah, so I guess there's a fifth guy. I don't think Sims has a shot to make this team. Um, I think he's He's a de- he's a decent enough player. Um, he's talented, but I think he's a blocker only, and I think that's a guy you stash on the practice squad. You maybe bring say, up. He's playing for the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with playing for the practice squad. Um, I can't believe I forgot Ben Sims. Man, um, I'm my brain has just gotten so fried from all the sun I had yesterday because I was actually doing things for the Fourth of July. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning how to be a human again. Um, yeah, it's it's a a very interesting, very interesting kind of group. There's some diversity there. There's some talent, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to matter a whole lot. I think it, it, you're going to have the top four guys make the team, and Ben Sims is unfortunately, as I update my piece, because I'm an idiot. I don't yeah, think you Sims missed it all the article. Uh, uh, you, you couldn't have told me earlier, Dave. <laughs> you, 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 you knew this. You knew I screwed up. You knew I made a boo-boo. I'm not, I'm not the managing editor. I'm just your producer. Look, I am I am a human. <laughs> all right. Hey, I want to announce to everybody, I've got a meeting here at the top of the hour with Fans First Sports Network which you know Vikings First in School is a part of. They're getting ready to roll out their web pages, sort of like SB Nation, and you'll be Mm -hmm. able to find this there. That's what that meeting is tonight. So we're going to wrap this up somewhat here shortly for that. But pay attention. I will shoot you all the announcement when that happens. 
we're going to have some writing over there as well as you can find all the shows. Um, so it should be a good thing. Yeah. And their website, well, I've already seen uh, screenshots because I'm one of the inside guys. Anyways, I've seen screenshots and it looks awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that, that's the show. Um, tight end room has a lot of potential. We'll see if they end up being one of the better groups in the league. Um, next hey, I week, get, I want to get Hawkinson his extension, but he's like third in line, basically behind JJ and Daniil. Nah, uh, I'm going to be honest. I I think Jefferson's third in line. Like I, I now. Hey, there's could they wait ways. on there's, JJ? Yes, they could say, "Hey, we're going to address it next well, year." That's fine. Dave. Dave, there's, there's different ways to look at it. The least important re- at this exact moment, from a time perspective, is Justin Jefferson. You got to get Daniel done right away because otherwise, he ain't showing up. And then you got to get Hawkinson done because he's a free agent in 2024. Jefferson, you can keep until he's going to get franchise tag if he doesn't sign. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like well, that's kind of what we can throw a franchise tag on him as well. But you want to I make him happy. Extended, but I don't think it's a guarantee like it is Jefferson. I don't. It's it the whole thing the whole contract situation is interesting. Dr. Proto, TJ, hey. Hunter, then JJ. Hunter's got to be resolved sometime. One way or the other. He's got to be resolved. The other two can technically wait. But you don't want to do that. You want to you want to resolve it, and and hopefully the front office, Brzezinski and crowd have gone to their people and said, "Hey, you are on our list. We are working at it. You know, talk to us. We'll talk back and forth. But we're working on other priorities first. You know, here's the deadline when JJ's contract runs out in two years and TJ's runs out at the end of the year. But we want to get this done sometime before that. But first, we need to take care of say Daniil." So they should be able to understand that. It shouldn't be that pressing. But they've got to figure out all the numbers. The numbers are going to be the big deal. Yes, Rondo. Yeah, it's, um, Let's hope. I'm intrigued to see how everything shapes up. Um, we are less than three weeks away from training camp, baby. And Ooh. I cannot wait. Um the abyss is almost over, guys. Vikings football is almost fully back, and we're going to be here to take help you take advantage of it. Moving forward, we're going to talk about next week is probably going to be trenches and linebackers, corners, and safeties to finish up. And we're not going to talk specialists because there's really not a whole lot to talk about, and I'm not going to waste your time on a full show. May sprinkle it in here and there. In the meantime, oh, well, thank you very you much. Remember, a week from now, we have quarterback on Netflix. Yeah, we do. And we'll, we'll talk about, about that, that in some capacity. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to tune into the Vikings Daily Opener on our podcast feed every single day, where Dave breaks down the news of uh, of the day, along with um, Justin's show, uh, Purple and Gold for Days. That is on there. It is also on his YouTube channel. And then you also have two old bloggers that is currently on Sundays and will be moving back to Saturdays once the season begins. In the meantime, guys, I've got Odie about to eat a horse, and we are going to sign off. Thank you very much for joining. Please like, subscribe, and comment if you haven't. Help us with that algorithm. Have yourself a great day, and Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings!
like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.